Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is West Beach of the Plasmatics, and when I want to check out all things KISS, I listen to Time and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loudcast. Kiss Army, Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 126. We're calling this one Kiss and Oprah. <laughs> right before we recorded, I said I got a great sound clip. You got to drop it. You got to drop it in. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. From Austin Powers. <laughs> my name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> Every time I hear the name Oprah, I just think of that. <laughs> my wife, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> oh. Only us, only we could come up with a friggin' episode with Kiss and Oprah. Well, they were on it, so that's <laughs> where it comes from. Is Stedman in this episode? <laughs> Got himself on yeah, handsome man named Stedman. <laughs> that's, a, that's the best. That dinner scene is the best. <laughs> Stedman. Yeah, I called your name if your name is Brent. <laughs> Who there? Who called my name? <laughs> the Nutty Professor. One oh of the greatest God. movies in the history of movies. Why everybody trying to lose weight in the first place? Ain't everybody supposed to be the same size. We're supposed to be all different. Big, small, medium, midget. She's supposed to have all of that. And I don't know what it is. Everybody want to be the same size. Like that Oprah Winfrey. She's going to lose her weight. Wasn't nothing wrong with She was fine. Oprah was a fox. She lose all that weight. Her head look all big, skin hanging all over, and lose the Vandross. Nigga used to be the black Pavarotti. Lost all that weight looking all ashy. Oprah and Luther need to keep their ass one weight because I'm confused. Yes, I hope nothing's wrong with Oprah. She doesn't look real. Ain't nothing wrong with Oprah. I seen Oprah on hard copy last week with a picture of hell. 
Got a tall, young, strong gentleman named Stedman, so handsome. Oh, man. I like lesbians. Lesbians are cool. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, here we go. Big child bearing hip. Pop, pop, goes the weasel. <laughs> that brother's funny. Anyways, oh, anyway, man. anyway. So, what's going on, Tom? Everything's good over there? Everything's wonderful. Yep, it's already June. I can't believe it. Yep, summer's upon us. Good times. Yep. Yeah, Bruins nonstop. That's right. Picking up our schedule, but that's all right. It's yep. good times going right now. Yep. Um, in the meantime, though, what we always do here at Shout Out Loudcast is we go over last week's episode. And last week, we had Kiss Graduation, thanks to Murph. We did, yeah. Kiss Graduation, inspirational lyrics in, from the Kiss world. So, of course, we always start with our poll. So which song has the most inspirational, in quotes, lyrics? Raise your glasses, I, my way, or the all-time great, I pledge allegiance to the state <laughs> of rock and roll. Uh, no surprise here. I won with 49%. You had my way at 20. I thought that would do better, but people just fucking hate the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, raise your glasses, 19. and oh, My poor pledge of allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. What am I in the second grade? Pledge of Allegiance at 12%. Ah, deserves better. Some comments here. Vincent Roman Maroney. Knock down that wall. Knock down that wall. And knock down that fucking wall. I don't know that Raise Your Glasses is as inspirational as it is celebrational. However, the lyrics, to me, got me through some fairly dark times as a teen. Wow, okay, well, Kiss is good for that. Our buddy Steve chimes in. I will always go for something from The Elder, a bloody great song from a bloody great album. He loves The Elder. Absolutely. Graham Richley jumps in to pile on on me. Doesn't Tom include I pledge allegiance in every poll and it's getting the beating it deserves? (laughs) Oh, and then we got two miserable fucks here. Big fans of the show. Our buddy, uh, Tony Miserable Musalem from Restrained. (laughs) Who the curmudgeon <laughs> Tony the curmudgeon who says I is super overrated. I actually find that song to be quite annoying. Uh, who who talks like that? Who says quite annoying? And then our good friend I love it louder absolutely agree. Uh, the two of you can go on miserable Musalam Island together. It's a great Tony song. Need some cheering up. Well, if he gets off his ass, it comes on the cruise with us. But then I'm, I'm afraid he's going to make everyone miserable. Oh, exactly. This, oh, song this, is, this is so great. This concert's awesome. They didn't play this. They didn't play that. They didn't play this. Like, dude, what the fuck? It's stupid. This song's terrible. You, you look at him. He's playing the song out of key. Tommy doesn't even know how to hold the guitar right. I could do that. Yeah. And if we don't get back and we miss our flight, you know, they'll charge us extra. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's. He's he's bragging in the breakfast club. You know, the school comes equipped with fire eggs at either end of the library. <laughs> Sit down, Masalem. <laughs> we love you, Tony. We love you, Tony. But you are a curmudgeon. <laughs> I get in a ton of a ton of uh, love here. Steve Didisco, Elvis Stanley for the win. I don't need no money. <laughs> I don't need no money. <laughs> Sean DeHaan, got to go with I for the landslide. Oh, boy. Love this. People love that stuff. Uh, Dave Kinney says, for me, I. 
Yep. We got a couple of write-in votes for Crazy Crazy Nights from Emily. That's an uh, inspiration song. Okay. Uh, Sean McClellan. I don't know if it's inspirational, but I love I Pledge Allegiance. Yeah, because you're smart. You're That's the right way to go, buddy. Justin McDonald, in all capital letters with exclamation points, my way. All right. All right. And a couple episode-specific comments here. Um, Rich Uncle Pauly. He, he, he piles on us a little bit. I like this one. Check out the Psycho Circus Secret Fanboys with not one, not two, but three tracks. I figured two for sure, but was taken aback by the third one. However, I'm not going to judge because, quote, it's not my place. (laughs) It's not my place. Another great episode. Thanks and keep up the outstanding work, guys. Lovely Lance says, even though Crazy Nights wasn't wasn't represented, excuse me, was represented, I would have chosen Reason to Live with lyrics about being strong and moving on from mistakes. Surprise, King of the Mountain wasn't listed. All right. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just don't like that song. Christopher Hamilton. My first thought is, why would we want graduates being subjected to Paul talking about his love gun or Gene offering to take candid photos in the ladies room after the ceremony? But you guys dug deep into the catalog to find 10 not so good, but inspiring songs. Well, that's a nice backhanded compliment. Thank you, Christopher. MD, got to admit, when I first saw the subject of this week's episode, I was skeptical. But now, having listened and heard your song selections, well, I may not be graduating from anywhere, but I'm ready to run through a fucking wall. (laughs) (laughs) All right, nice. Uh Uh-oh. And then you and our friend Alessandro got into a little argument about Frank Zappa. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to tell me. I'm like, yeah, he's he's Greek. He's always identified himself as Greek. Like his mother is, I, I think, Italian, but his father is Greek Sicilian. Yep. So, I mean, just as my parents are Greek-American, Greek-Australian, you can yeah. be Greek-Canadian, right. Greek-Sicilians, Greeks yeah. in Sicily, specifically yeah. Sicily. And Zappa like, might no, be- no, that's not true. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, and Zappa, Zappa might be a talented musician, a guitar player, but come on. It's, one of, that's the it's last just 20. one of those things that yeah. You know what, somebody might be able to prove To me how awesome he is I never got into it because nothing really commercial From him, Right. everyone talks about His genius and stuff, but yeah, I, I'm, I don't know nothing about it No, me neither, I agree I'm, I'm not denigrating him, I'm just not a fan of his music But I mean, I, yeah. I've heard some stuff, it's just not my thing uh, And then our buddy I Love It Louder came in with a good one here Love the episode, then he jumps in with a Top 10 songs you would not want at graduation lick it up keep me coming world without heroes down on your knees bang bang you dance all over your face ladies room take me burn bitch burn take it off with honorable mentions let's put the x in sex you make me rock hard and then i said thank you for the episode idea might have to come up with that one and then uh, another write-in vote for i people love that song um so yeah there's some twitter feedback on graduation and kiss Nice, nice. All right. For me, I'll take us over to Facebook. And on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Jason Warden says, ha ha, perfect pick. Michael Anderson. I can picture Gene Simmons at the podium giving a speech, borrowing from the great Thornton Mellon. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to look over number one, but watch out for number two. (laughs) Matt Wallace, you know this ain't going to be clean My top graduation songs would be Plaster Caster (laughs) You Make Me Rock Hard Hooligan, Snowblind Uh All Night and Young and Wasted Okay 
And that's why you are who you are, Matt. God <laughs> bless you, brother. Don't stop being you. Mark Stewart, ace at the graduation. Graduation? You mean this ain't my birthday party? <laughs> yeah. Over on our Loudcasters page, Tony Smith, let me guess. Uh, I is on the number one spot. It is in the poll. Nice. Uh, Tony Musalem. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Miserable Musalem. <laughs> Why the hell is the diploma still shrink wrapped? Oh. And then you and him started talking about. It I commented. I, I, yeah, I said because he was the speaker. It was like it was like a gift. He's like, like, and then somebody else jumped in and said, "You're OCD," and of, he's just. We love you, Tony, but stop. <laughs> now we're starting to understand Sonny's like constant with you. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, Virgil stay. I want to see what you got. Take it off. Yeah. That would have been, that would that would have been a good one. Yeah. Paul has been eating too much prosciutto. Jason that's, Leonard. That's always the true. That's always true. And then Jack Benacchio. Uh-oh. A doctor degree in Prosciutto. Over on YouTube. YouTube. Anthony Stratus. Awesome episode. You guys, TNZ, are taking kiss humor to another level. And that's gold, baby. Pure gold. Nice. Thanks, buddy. Pete Staros. Is that another Greek? They're all coming on. Another another, another Grecian. Yes. They're all coming up on YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) Let freedom rock from all systems go. That's the that's the fourth of July. That's the song I play when I'm lighting off fireworks. Yeah. (laughs) Out of your ass. (laughs) Oh boy, you know the empty toilet paper tube? Exactly. Mark Stewart, taking under consideration that the graduation songs you chose were the most ridiculous kiss songs on the planet. I figured one of you guys would have seen the students entering the world as graduates to the tune of Odyssey. Just saying. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Mr. Antonio, my guess is the following lyrics would be more appropriate for the after-grad party. It's a five-song set. Coming home, take me. She's so European, sweet pain, and dirty living. Jesus Christ. What would TNZ choose as an encore song for the grads? Spit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if those are the, like, if those are it, like, that's your song set, then you got to go, let's put the X in sex. Yeah, that's that's true. Right? Yeah. Marty White. Oh boy. For the last 10 years, I've been working in a highly specialized job in a plasma fat facility in upstate New York. Last week, one of our systems detected an anomaly with two of our samples. To make a long story short, Paul Stanley and Baco are really the same person. Crazy, right? But so many things make sense now. Baco's desire to be his own person explains why he's so angry at Paul lately. But there's more. Paul's tearing down his house. Baco is selling his kiss stuff. Both are purging. And of course, P-O-W-L, Paul Stanley, wasn't really a parody account 
since it was operated by the same person. The trouble is that the explanation made no sense to Twitter, and they went ahead and closed the account. Speaking of Twitter, did you see the post from Paul when he had to throw a certain collector out of his house? Apparently, the dude camped out for three days before the estate sale, which agitated Paul. It came to a blow when the collector got crumbs from a hoagie all over some kiss posters. Look, that's a great one, Marty. You never let us down, but that was obviously that was a parody. But we were talking about this with our group text and before we started recording that this you're speaking of things from Paul's estate sale. There's a guy who framed a portion of Paul Stanley's carpet and has it hanging in his house. Now, when you look around and think you have too much kiss shit, or maybe you're a little too obsessed, look around and see if you have any carpeting hanging on your wall. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't get into the collection much. No, no, no. I'm a a collector, but I'm not... When the slippery slope you go down, and no, next thing you no, know, no, 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 no. you are picking up fucking crumbs from a hoagie. No. And uh, yeah, I got it. I got it when I picked up an Italian grinder over, you know, dripping just some mayonnaise down my down my cheek. Um, <laughs> and I, and I don't want to get it all over my posters that I got from my Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you got some emails to wrap this up? We do. We do. We got some emails from overseas. We'll start one here from Australia with our friend Andrew Salter. Starts off with, good day, boys. Long-time listener, first time writing in. Just wanted to write in to compliment you both on an awesome job giving us Kiss Nerds a podcast to enjoy. The first episode I listened to, you actually talked about me. You were talking about a guy on YouTube who goes by the name The Fawns, who loves to go to Kiss videos and insult Tommy Thayer. <laughs> I was the guy who asked the Fawns if Tommy slept with his mom. <laughs> Not that I'm a massive fan of modern Kiss, but this turd liquor is on every Kiss video insulting the, va- the band, and I find jo- joy in busting his balls. Anyways, as much as I don't always agree with your opinions on the Kiss catalog, how can any human with ears like I just wanna? Wow, how can you not? Oh. Thanks for... Thanks for all the work you put in weekly to give us something to enjoy. It's very much appreciated. If you ever make it to Australia, you have a cold beer and a slab of dead kangaroo to enjoy on me. Nice. Cheers, Andy Salter. Oh, Andy, that's fantastic. By the way, I'm all set with the kangaroo, but I'll maybe, maybe take you up on a beer. That's great. Yeah, I have uh, family in Melbourne. I talk about it all the time. That's that's uh, right. They, they gave me an open invitation. Maybe I'll come there someday and we'll watch Kiss. That's right. So we're going to go from Australia all the way over to Revere, Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know if that's an upgrade, but uh, I'm going to say it's not. Who is in Revere Beach? Kelly's roast beef? I don't know. I, I don't know. Talk about hair metals, Camaros, and hairspray. Dude, people talk about the Sunset Strip in LA. You go to Revere Beach, 1986, it's probably worse. And you go there and like now, I bet you there'll be people it's, still it's, like it's, that. Probably not an upgrade. Anyways, this is from James Chisholm. Hello, I'm a regular listener to your podcast. I enjoy the show and finding out so much more about Kiss and the other bands that you reviewed. I'm also a Massachusetts native. I grew up in Revere. Then he talks about a blo- uh, uh, thing that he wrote on the uh, a Billboard Chart Rewind.com website about Sonic Boom. Feel free to discuss. 
Thank you, James. James, thanks for chiming in and thanks for uh, sharing your work with us. Very cool. Good for you. Um, yeah, Revere. We're I'm from I'm from Medford. Zeus is from Arlington. We know Revere very very well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then our buddy Mike H with some feedback. Shout out to the comment of the week, dude, for his awesome analogy of the solo albums about the high school kids in each album showing the individual parts making up the Kiss sound collectively. Each album makes up for what the other three lack. That was perfect. Mike H. Uh, and then he also sent us a very nice email that we're not going to read on the air, uh, but we just wanted to thank him for sending that a little bit more private. Uh, and that's between the three of us. So um, then another nice email here from Daniel LeBlanc, who's got a lot to say. I got some free time this holiday weekend. I had a question for you guys. You mentioned a yoga workout. I really need to improve on my flexibility. So what should I look up? Zeus, tell oh, him. That's, tell him. The, that's the DDPY. I got that from uh, Jericho and... It's the wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. He's got yep. this awesome. It's an app. If you get the use the app, it's uh it's pretty cheap. Um, and it's like uh amazing different little stretching and things like that. It got to the point where I was you know skating over the over the winter holidays, and I'm tying my skates. I'm like, God damn, I'm huffing and puffing to tie my skates. This is getting bad and things like that. And so I you know a. The pounds are slowly dropping, but more than anything, like I feel like I don't have the pain waking up. I'm Good. way more nice. flexible. Uh, I feel more comfortable. I don't have those aches. And, uh, you know, the stretching and stuff is amazing. It's really, really helpful. And the app is set up in a way that you can go from like old fuck to like, uh, like superstar to you name it. You can do it different levels, different everything. He walks you through it. And uh, it's pretty awesome. DDPY, got that from Jericho. So, nice. um, yeah. Okay, Try cool. It. Tell us what you think. Cool. And then he continues, and the Arnold Schwarzenegger material, the prank calls and the lyrics are great. And then he said, thanks to Pot of Thunder. Great podcast. Those guys are great. Said, thank you to Pot of Thunder and them for mentioning your March Madness tournament. I found your podcast. Well, thank you to those guys. That's awesome. Um, great show. Good guys. Based on your Kiss Jeopardy episode, I have to question my fandom, not to mention not recognizing some of the lyrics you quote on the end of your episodes. Yeah, we try to dig deep and find some kind of random, like, not. Yeah. We, we try to not do, like, the chorus of the song, something that might be, you might not catch all the time. But uh, I must say, don't, don't, like, beat yourself up. Those are sunny questions on Kiss Jeopardy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, do yeah, not yeah, yeah. question your fandom. Question the guy that's asking the questions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he continues, the graduation episode was awesome. It was an interesting contrast to the actual graduations of speeches I heard at my youngest daughter's <laughs> high school graduation. <laughs> anyway, glad I found your podcast. Look forward to future podcasts. Sincerely, Daniel LeBlanc. Dan, thank you. That's great. That's awesome. So we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to take a, uh, a jet plane. We're going to get out of Revere. We're going to go all the way over to France. Say hello to our good friend, Jean-Francois. Hey guys, just a quick hello from a French guy born in 1971. I became a kiss fan when I first listened to, I was made for loving you in 1979. And then I began to explore the kiss discography as a lot of us did. I listened to your show, agreeing and disagreeing with your rankings, comments, etc. Your good humor is contagious. And I am sure a lot of your listeners are smiling as I am. I don't always get all your jokes or references. I got at least the Arnold ones, but that's okay. It helps me improve my American culture. So a big thank you to both Jean-Francois from France with a smiley face emoji. And you, mon ami, are the comment of the week. 
Thank you, Jean-Francois. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> That's awesome. Much appreciated. Um, Tom, did you take French when you were in high school? Oh, you're speaking to the Arlington Catholic class of 1991 French club president. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You are nerd. Nerd. Absolutely. Hey, I was cat. Hey, how many guys can say that they were captain of the football team and French club president? That was me, baby. Expected a little more than from a varsity letterman, Tom. You expected but, uh, me to be French club I, president. I, yeah. I had my two sport athleticism going too. hell. Yeah. Four years of Latin. Ah, years of Latin at Stonehill College, Tom. So you know what's happening right now? We're exposing ourselves as being smart people. Now our listeners are going to think we know stuff. I took Latin because when I I always wanted to be a lawyer, and my brother said to me, "Well, you should take Latin because those words." I'm like, eight <laughs> years of Latin, and I'm like, if fucking I forgot everything already. Like, of course, you I was did. like, imagine if I took eight years of Spanish. How that could have helped me over the years? Oh, I know, I know, fucking useless. But I will say, I had Professor John Lancey at Stonehill. Yeah. Yep. And I, I got to translate the Bible from Latin to English. It, that was a, that was actually enjoyable. It was learning all that stuff. And he, cause he was a priest too, but yeah. translating that to take the original Latin and translate to English. I got pretty good at it. And guess what? A year later, I don't know fucking shit in Latin. Except, I, I, I know. I, st- I still know French. I, my son takes French in high school. I help him with it. I still know it. Talia has to pick now in junior high, yeah. middle school, excuse me. She she had Spanish and then French. They make them switch in the semesters. Okay. And then they made her pick for next year. Okay. She chose French. Nice. There you go. Like, like it more. I'm like, okay, take what you want. Now, now you can say, hey, Natalia, you're not going to believe this. I do a podcast with a uh, former French club president from a high school with 500 people. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole like language thing, it's always great to know a language. And plus, you know, I, I grew up in a house where I spoke a second language. Learning the learning yeah. another language after that is so much easier. Yeah, yeah. But I fucking wasted it learning Latin. Yeah. <laughs> wasted and pisses me <laughs> off that all that stuff. And I learned nothing. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You had fun with it though. You got to translate the Bible. What's better than that? That's right. Father right. Lamb. Awesome. It was fucking great. Um, and there's your academic portion of Shutter a Lovecast. <laughs> if you, the listener, want to hear, talk to us about your courses for the next semester, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. On the heels of our graduation episode, we're now going to be guidance counselors for anybody to pick their classes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so, Tom. What we like to do now is give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. And uh, we always want to thank them for helping us out, contributing to the podcast, helping us get bigger and better every day. Uh, Their efforts and contributions go a long way for us. Uh, We had uh, uh, just a a, a great conversation with one specific Patreon subscriber who's going to remain nameless, but he is not thankless. And he's been helping us with a project coming up that's going to really kind of take off for us soon. There's a little hint for you guys. 
but uh and he he is uh greatly appreciated and he knows who he is so uh patreon uh members uh are uh part of the group they're part of our shout it out loudcast family uh we have uh stuff you know specific earmarked for them and uh, whether it's gear stickers shirts uh Questions, episodes, sneak peeks, all that other stuff. If this is anything that interests you, find uh, the information at the end of the episode. And when you go on and you click on uh, the podcast, there's usually notes in there, episode notes. There's a link to our Patreon account. You can also find the Patreon app or patreon.com. You have to search for creators and you'll find Shout It Out Loudcast. And we're there. We have different tiers if anybody's interested in joining. Take a look. See if you're interested. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. All that contribution helps us out tremendously. We always appreciate our Patreon members, and we always want to give them a nice shout-out. No doubt. Absolutely. Every week, uh, echo the sentiments of Zeus with the thanks and the gratitude towards all the people that are part of the Patreon family. Uh, it's an amazing way to support the show, and we can't thank you guys enough. Like Zeus said, there's a there's stuff going on there, uh, you know, some some you know, exclusive material there, some polls, some uh, behind the scenes, some sneak peek stuff. Um, so please check it out. And, uh, you know, like Zeus said, if it's something that you're interested in, there's all different ways to get involved and uh, contribute and feel free to check it out. And thank you again to all the people that are currently involved with that. Tom, what we do next is we go over to kiss world and talk about what's going on over there. Yeah. It's uh kind of quiet here. I mean, the only thing that really happened was um, a couple of days ago, Paul Stanley was did an interview on the talk, <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, I, I I didn't see it. I know some people were talking about it. He was talking about the end of the road tour. Uh, he talked about his uh, Soul Station album. I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm going to be. Comp- they were putting uh, an images of his food up there, and they're all yeah. talking about it, and it's just. I'm going to be completely. Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest with you at, at this point. I I really have absolutely no desire to hear a Paul Stanley interview. It, it's 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 the equivalent of listening to, you know, like a political candidate. It, it's all it's scripted. It's 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 pre it's pre organized. It's 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 yeah. Nothing's- it's a campaign speech yeah. where you want you follow the candidate and he's in uh, he's in Idaho, then he's in Ohio, then yeah. he's in Florida. It's the same speech. Yeah. It, it it's not nothing nothing informative um it's all you know like scripted organized things and and look and the kind of fans that we are and the kind of fans that you are who are listening there's not you're, you're gonna learn nothing from these when paul's doing these interviews it's for people like oh paul stanley oh i remember who's in that band oh look at him now like paul like like zeus has been saying for you know six months now he's the renaissance man and that's what these interviews are yeah, he also has been doing this stuff. He's been on a kick lately. Stevie Nicks, now almost mm. famous. Yeah, uh, you know he he's talking about uh, his Desmond Child. He's putting up stuff about the uh, the uh, tennis player. Like he has to get involved yeah. in any social media like conversation. Anything, anything that's insert- anything anything that's trending, he's got to get into it. He yep. needs to insert himself in there. Mm-hmm. Paul Stanley's given his opinion. Yep. Um it's just it's it's just a little bit over time. But the other part to this is and I got to give Baco the credit on this. He, does he not see how like his face looks when he puts these images of himself playing the guitar or something, these close-ups? He looks like he smells like someone stepped in shit. 
Like, I don't, I don't understand. It's funny. Cause we laugh about that and <laughs> he's posting these things and they're like, they're positive posts. They're like, it's like him enjoying the guitar or, you know, talking about how much he loves this particular guitar. So you would expect to see somebody smiling or enjoy. It literally looks like somebody shoved dog shit inside the acoustic guitar and he can't get rid of the smell. Like (laughs) show us that you're enjoying yourself. Smile. You're Paul Stanley. It just, he looks like someone. (laughs) It's like, I don't drop hot ass. I don't know what you, it's, it's the definition of the hoof hotted face. Like, I don't get it. He's like, Oh, I love this. I love, I love this guitar. It's like, Ooh, Oh, too bad. It stinks. Yeah. And then my favorite over here is not to be outdone. Oh, our buddy, Gene Simmons from kiss. He's doing the same thing. He's like talking about everything. He's inserting himself. Please. Tell- He's looking at muffins. <laughs> Somebody please tell me why something this good is so bad. And then <laughs> what? <laughs> so some guy wrote, this is hilarious. Tweeted. Gene Simmons talks about Gene Simmons in the third person again. Gene Simmons to hold the press conference to comment on Gene Simmons' stance on Gene Simmons speaking about Gene Simmons in the third person. Signed, Gene Simmons. And Gene does his typical, don't be jealous of Gene Simmons. Shinned, it makes you look small. That's the guy's Twitter handle. We've said this before. Every, whenever he repeats the Twitter handle in the tweet, uh, is a, it's so awesome. Yes. Who farted? That is not true. <laughs> Gene. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Oh, my speaking God. Of, speaking of Paul and Gino in news, it, we're recording right now, Wednesday, June 2nd. Our concert is in two months and has been... I mean, I, I know, I know we, you know, talking about COVID and stuff, the world is kind of reopened. There's a ton of bands announcing new tours. Guns N' Roses just opened, announced a tour. Foo Fighters, the bands are announcing summer, fall tours. So I'm all fired up for this Kiss show that we have in August because all signs point to it happening. Yeah, we don't know what's going to go on, but uh, we'll find out soon enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Can't wait. So, Tom, you ready to get to the topic? My wife, Oprah. <laughs> you love that. Love um, so when we come up with these topics, you know, we're, uh, I, it's usually something stupid. Like we have this discussion. Hey, did you ever see this? Did you ever see that? And, you know, we're always on YouTube going down that rabbit hole. And when you go on the kiss rabbit hole, the vid- certain videos pop up. Oh. And there's always the one of Paul and Jean on Oprah. Yep. I'm like, let's talk about this. I, I've got, I've got to like, I remember seeing it a long time ago, but I'm like, all right, let's see this again. So we're going to play it for you. Um, it's basically an episode, you know, it's 44 minutes, 48 minutes, whatever those episodes usually go for. Um, but the beginning part had Jackie Collins, the author talk about her new book. She wrote called Rockstar, and, this was at the time. This is during the Crazy Nights tour. So this has to be like. Yeah, the, the interview was 1988. Yep. Yeah. So at this point, she starts the Oprah. Everybody knows who Oprah is. And this is hefty Oprah. This oh, is when this is Stedman's getting the bigger yeah. the cushion, the better the pushing Oprah. Yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with Oprah. She had a picture of hell. Got herself a young fine gentleman <laughs> named Stedman. Anyway, so Oprah starts her show and has Jackie Collins on, and then she comes back from the break and has Gene and Paul and fellow Pantheon podcast member, our Pantheon podcast brethren, Pamela DeBars from Pamela's Pajama Party. Yeah, uh, which is amazing because Pamela is known as the quote world's most famous groupie or quote queen of the groupies. And she has a fantastic podcast on Pantheon. So when we watch this this uh, Oprah episode with Paul and Gene, we're like, holy shit, the irony here. Worlds yeah. collide once again. 
Yes. So before we discuss it, what I like to do, if I can get a good clip of it, is to play it for you guys. This is, and I got rid of the beginning part where Jackie Collins is talking. If you want to hear that, you can find the YouTube video and can watch it. I suggest you guys watch it. But yes. I'm going to play the episode part of it right now. It's probably a good half an hour. Um, and so if you don't want to listen to it, you can skip through it. But I think it brings context of what we're going to talk about. So for now, I'm going to play the, 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 the episode. And me and Tom are going to discuss on the other end. So without further ado. Here you go. Outrageous that they would not allow themselves to be photographed without masquerade makeup on. A few years ago, they wiped off the masks, and fans still flocked to see their flamboyant concerts. One of them has had affairs, well, relationships with both Cher and Diana Ross, and reportedly has a big Polaroid collection of all the groupies he has slept with. They have just finished a U.S. tour, are headed for Japan, and their 21st album, Crazy Nights, has gone platinum. Welcome Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of the rock group KISS. Also joining us is a former groupie and rock wife who is author of this book, I'm with the Band, which is coming out in paperback this fall. In it, Pamela DeBars tells of her fascination with rock stars, her sexual liaisons with stars like Mick Jagger and Don Johnson and Keith Moon and others. And she says that being a groupie in the rock world during the 70s was ecstasy every minute. Welcome, Pamela, to the show. We're glad to have you all join us. if you heard Jackie from, from the green room was saying, uh, Gene and Paul, that what do you do? Where do you go after 60,000 women are screaming and wanting to pull their clothes off and, and run up on stage and do whatever you with load you? The, you load the bus up with the best 30. And you, <laughs> you, uh, what do you mean, where do you go? You mean, what does it all mean? Is it yeah. one of those? Well, what do, you, what do you do after that? I mean, work, what you, can you do? <clears throat> you rest. <laughs> I mean, what do you do once you, you know, when you're having fun? It's like you're in the middle of a party and somebody walks up to you and says, you're having a ball. What are you going to do later? I don't know. You You wait. don't care. You kind of take it as it comes, so to speak. Uh-huh. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. <clears throat> so, you know what? I think uh, there, there's so many people who have... Um, Jackie has experienced it through writing it and, and following groups around and being a part of the, that, that scene. There's so many people who have this dream of what it would be like to be up there and having all these people screaming your name. Even before you start the song, you do the first chord on the guitar. There are people who just are dying just to... Isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so what does that do to your head? You know, you think you're... I mean, it's obviously what we got in this for in the first place. Anybody who tells you the story of uh, wanting to impart some greater knowledge on, in, <clears throat> to humanity is really not really telling the truth. The reason we first started strumming guitars is because we wanted women, and lots of them. It's, uh, and their daughters. 
It's great. And probably their granddaughters. <laughs> it's really great. It's kind of like being at a buffet where everything's laid out and you don't have to take this or this or this, but it's all there to be eaten if you want it. And so Jackie said, Jackie said that that a lot of you, a lot of you, and I'm not making any judgments or accusations here, have little regard for women. Is that true? No, I don't think that's so at all. We worship I mean, them. Re repeatedly. Well, face style. I'm briefly. I think the relationships that happen on the road, one night stands, if you will, are much more honest than a lot of the, let me take you out to dinner. Gee, you're an interesting person. That's a lot of crap. And the one thing, can we say that word? Crap? Yeah, sure. In that case, it's a lot of, it's a lot of crap. And this is what it is. Everybody's having the time of their lives. For girls, maybe it's a chance to be with somebody who's not going to be a dentist or a plumber. There's nothing wrong with that, but they want to spend the night with somebody who's maybe been to Paris and starts talking. But That's Jean, us. Yeah, yeah. Gene, when, but do you find that these girls, when you take your pick, you go in the room or whatever, they meet you backstage, um, don't they think it's going to be more? I'm sure every no, girl... No, I don't think so. You don't th think so? I think the nicest part about it is that it's, it's very honest and it's upfront, and nobody has any false expectations of what to expect. I think it's, it's, and it's a hot. good time. It's not, it doesn't go through the, the facade of those preliminary dates when you're not interested in, in what the person wants to have for dinner. You're obviously more interested with getting dinner over with. So uh -huh. um, this lays everything on the line, and everybody's there to have a good time. I, I, don't I, think don't it know. Is. I don't think the girls, I mean, I think they have a great time, but I think their dream is, every little girl who is watching them up on stage, their dream is that they're going to be the one woman that that star up there notices. But that's and okay. their eyes are going to lock, and it's going to right. be a great thing. Right. So they'll have this one night, or, or half an hour, or 15 minutes of passion. <laughs> <laughs> or 10, or 4. Yeah. It's over. Okay, they're left with a great memory, but I'm sure that little girl really thinks that she's going to be the one that's different. Right. But I, I think Let me ask you this, both of you, uh, then I'll get to you, Pam. Uh, do you find that there have been, along the way, women who did think they were going to be the ones who, who continued sure. to call and followed you from city to city? Sure, but first of all, the uh, unrealistic idea that, this is in, that marriage in, is, is in any way involved is, does not exist. So that's a lot more honest than let's go out to dinner, you know, in normal everyday life, mm -hmm. where the girl, you know, sooner or later is going to start thinking about marriage. Marriage is out of the question. That's number one. And number two, so what if nothing ever, ever happens? For the girl, it's a chance to scale the heights of Mount Olympus or whatever. I mean, it all it, it opens. <laughs> or go to the bottom of the pit. Mount Olympus! <laughs> it opens... It opens doors. It yeah. opens, I mean, you know, if this is possible, if uh, he can do this to me, damn, I'm good. Yeah, you say what, Pam? Well, I wanted marriage, and I wanted a, a relationship with every single one of these goons that I wound up with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really did. However, I was willing to just have it just happen when it happened because it was so thrilling. You say every moment was ecstasy? Uh, well, it was either ecstasy or just the pit's agony, you know, but every girl gets their hearts broken by some guy or another. It was just these very famous guys that broke my heart, and it was kind of dramatic and exciting. And well, so in some way, in, in, in being this, this uh, groupie, is it that you feel that because 
you go to bed with this guy that has something to do with what Jean just says, boy, I must be good? Well, at the time, yes, it did for me because I didn't know what to do with myself creatively. So I wanted to get this close to the creativity, and that for me was oh, rock yeah, and roll sure. music. Is it the creativity you were looking for? A lot for? of it was, yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of it okay. was the creativity. I wanted to get intimate with the creativity. So you didn't care whether they were any good in bed or not. It was just the fact that you were there with them, and it was because it was who they were. And were they most of them good in bed? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is that uh, practice right. makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The truth no, is what? I was going to say before anything happens, you're so excited by it. The, the almost foreplay already happens in your mind. Before it even happens. Sure. We'll be back. Happen Talking about day. rock stars, the author of Rock Star. Why fans and some bands say yes to the groupie experience. If you put something in front of you that looks good enough, you're going to take it. Yes, it's sexist. Yes, it's all that stuff. But you can't, you can't say no. It helps to keep your sanity. Otherwise, it becomes a very lonely uh, uh, system you know, of being on the road. That's the reason most people get into rock bands. For the groupies. It's a heavy metal band. If you don't have any groupies hanging around, then obviously you're not me really making it. And so without that uh, sort of foliage that the groupies provide for guys who wear lipstick and, you know, all the, the regalia, if the girls aren't there, then it spoils their act. Do you believe that? Um, I really wasn't listening. If the girls aren't there, does it spoil the act? That part think, of it is having the girls, yeah. Yeah, I think it's part of the fun, and it's part of why we're in this, and every, every job has its fringe benefits, and uh, you're kidding yourself if you don't believe that the same thing happens for doctors or lawyers. You know, there are people who want to marry lawyers, there are people who want to bed down their doctor, and whether it's rock stars or somebody else, somebody's always looking to Betting get Bedding down your doctor, off. next book, Jackie. This is... This <laughs> I somehow don't have it. Would ha I think it would have the same feeling. I have to tell you, when I sat down to write Rockstar, <clears throat> I wanted to show the fact that the, a lot of them are incredibly selfish and treat women like nothing. But I also wanted to show the fact that it was very sad that they do that. Because when they're, you know, in their late 40s, 50s, and they're getting up there, it's not going to be such a kick for them. You know, and they're going to wonder what they've done with their lives. I mean, they're, they're living every man's dream. They've got as many women as they want. They've got more women than movie stars have. But where's it going to get them in the end? And what does it, does it, does, is it as fulfilling as it appears to be? I mean, it, what she just said, it's every man's dream, Gene. Is, is, can you say to every man that is, it you is? You know, I think there's something that's going on here. You know, the question sooner or later, I'm sure, is doubt, uh, bound to come up. What does it all mean at the end? I don't get this. I, I thought life was supposed to be about living and I love, I mean, candy's not supposed to be good for you, but so what? It tastes great. And 50 years from now, I want to know that I've done everything, every whim that I imagine. Because when I'm 60 and 70, it's too late. I've got a nice, happy home. I've got my 2.5 kids. I've got my car. I go to church on Sunday. I do all that stuff. I don't go to church on Sunday. I, I do all that stuff, and I look back, and I'm bored. And I don't want to ever have that thought ever creep into my mind, which is why, as long as I'm alive... I'm going to live it. All I right. think it's an image that they like to put out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think they like, to, I like, they like to have this glamorous kind of look that there are all these women available and there are all these But they people. are. 
Well, yeah, they are, but I think a lot of them don't indulge in the lifestyle anymore because of the dangers that are out there. Yeah, have you slowed, have you slowed down, guys, at all? I think well, it, when you jump from a, a plane, if you're a skydiver, you should wear a parachute. <laughs> Very good. Say no more, Paul. I got it. And so, Gene, I understand. Was the Polaroid collection stolen? You had a Polaroid collection, did you not? Um, yes, okay. but the collection was not stolen. Okay. One, one week's worth. Okay, <laughs> one week's worth. Okay, I, I read. We don't that. know how they made it off with the wheelbarrow, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, truthfully, I think... truthfully, I mean, really, just just give, give us an. Do you know how many women you've slept with, say, in the past uh, five years? Five years? No. Over the last ten years, yes. Okay, ten. Over two thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to say, Pam. Well, I, you know, I just wanted to say I never felt taken advantage of. I never had to stand. Knowing in that line. you were one of maybe two thousand doesn't make you feel a little bad. Not in this instance. I'm not one of two thousand. Okay, not in that. Okay. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> this show is just gone. <laughs> this show's gone. Yes, you wanted to say what? Yes. What? Oh, I thought you did. Who wanted to say something? You did, yes. Well, I just want to say, you know, I totally disagree with what Jean's saying because, first of all, you do have your groupies and you have your women that are into music, they play guitar, they want to meet you guys because maybe you're the reason, you know, we started playing guitar or something. I spent two weeks on the road with my boyfriend who's a manager for a very famous band called Saxon. I seen the groupies, I seen the girlfriends, and I seen how people are, but you, gotta, uh, you guys got to understand there's a difference between women and sluts, okay? Go with your sluts, go sleep with them, go have a good time, okay? But don't tell me when I come up to you to say, look, I really admire your bass playing because I'm a bass player myself. Don't look me, you know, turn me down or whatever just because I won't sleep with you. Can I? There's a big, big I difference. Think, I don't think anybody was ever saying that. This is all news to me. No, I, you know? I just feel like because of the way he's saying, oh, I slept with 2,000 women. You she know, I have, this, I have this attitude, like, you know, I, am, I mean, I've, I know Rockstar's because I've dated people like you. I know how the business is myself. People I'm like in the you. business myself. Understand that, you know. I have interactions with groupies myself. What I'm saying is you have to understand that there are women who just want to go to a concert, have a good time. So what if they wear mini skirts? So we what never, if they wear leather tops? Maybe they just want to go and have a good time and they're not there for but sex. We never yeah. Like her, she goes, she goes and has a good time with Don Johnson, Mick Jagger, whoever. Oh, she had more than a good time. <laughs> Still, you got the satisfaction of spending more. So what you're trying to say, what you're What's trying to say is not all the women that he sees are, are want to go to bed with him. Well, never, I, like I would never want to be part but, of his Polaroid collection. One of these two thousand is not to want this. Okay. So, Gene, you want to respond to that? <laughs> Look, you know, part the, the, uh, I, you know, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I, <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. I think what the young lady is trying to say here is that she feels that rock stars have this, this view of women as objects, that they use them. And I think they do use them. And what I tried to show well, in do they use all of them, or they do they use the women, true. Jackie, who wish no, to be I used? Yes, I don't think they use those women. She who thinks wish because to be she's used, pretty and that. because she's blonde and wears a mini skirt that they're automatically going to think if she comes up and says, "I love your guitar playing," that that that, that they want to leap into bed with him. Yes. And I, well, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. Well, that's a. 
Well, that no, is wait, where wait. you are wrong. No, I'm sorry. That is where you're wrong. But I, I mean, I, I follow your band throughout the careers and things like that. Like I said before, I'm a bass player myself. I've seen it all, okay? Okay, but well, let understand. me say this. What does it matter then if he thinks that, but if you're not going to go to bed with him? That's his problem. You know, I'm a, it's not a problem. It's a, a compliment. I want to meet you for meeting you. Not for what you're, you know, how many inches you're worth. Forget it. I want to talk to you about maybe how you play or notes you do or, you know, things you've learned. Not all women that wear Can I ask you a question? Like Jackie just said, don't want to go down your Can pants. I ask you? I break that. Okay, okay, go ahead. Go Can ahead. I ask you yes? It, look, if somebody attractive comes up to me, and we could be talking about Shakespeare or the uh, socioeconomic political system of the world, if you're standing next to me and you're attractive, don't you think I'm going to think, gee, this is exciting, she's sexual. But nobody's going to fault you for just a conversation. I What's mean, that, that, well, that, that goes. Make that distinction. Well, so we're, we're, different business. Business. We're, we're not like that. <laughs> Back in a moment. <laughs> Sometimes it's just good enough just to meet them and say hi. You know, you're, you know, tell them what you think of them, what you think of their music. They're just so sleazy. They'll do it anywhere. You know, take them in his bathroom. Like the obvious thing would be to. Pulling up their deal in front of the stage, you know, flashing. I guess the most popular way to get backstage is to just jump right up on the stage and then let the security guys um, pull you off. Because then if you're good looking, they usually just keep you back there. <laughs> so how do you get to the women? In, in your... Um, book. Will you tell us what you saw, Jackie, when you were preparing for writing Rockstar? Well, when I was writing Rockstar and I watched what went on, I mean, women of every level would go after the rock stars. I remember one of the Beatles telling me when they first went to Washington, they went to this very fancy party in Washington, and all the women, the politicians' wives and the senators' wives and the daughters, were all slipping them the phone number and saying, you know, if, if you can see me tomorrow, that would be absolutely great. So I think it's on all levels. I think rock stars make themselves available. They make themselves a sex symbol, so women go for it. Yeah. But I think a lot of the women uh, have to be blamed for that, too. I don't think these guys can it's, take all the blame. I mean, exactly, the women are there for it's them. It's really, we may be perceived in a certain way but we equally perceive women in the way that they put themselves out mm. you know people are treated the way that they put themselves out to be treated what's the best way to get to Eugene uh, it's not difficult <laughs> it's obviously not if 2,000 women got there <laughs> it really isn't because um, <clears throat> It's not, it's not difficult. Okay, let me ask you this. You do mean you, during a concert situation? Yeah, yeah, and so do you get your pick first and then the rest of the guys come? Oh, absolutely. They all take oh, second. Absolutely. And so the, then does it just sort of go down the line so that even no. eventually the, the security the, guard gets uh, what he wants to? The truth is that everybody in the crew, anybody that comes out and works for a KISS crew does it for fringe benefits as a lot well. Of, they get paid well. They love being on the road because they get A lot of people girls. on the crews really work with certain bands because they know about what is going to happen on the tour that doesn't happen maybe as much for other bands. Pam, why are you smiling? Uh, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> she's because some bands get more than us. happy to be here with these two couples. <laughs> you know, you know the I've truth. known these guys for 12 years. Yeah. The truth is that, uh, even though we're glib about it and whatever, but the truth is that the best part, you know, you, you go to a rock concert for us. We're on stage, we do the show. The best part definitely is going back to the hotel for the encores. <laughs> And how long does that go on? 
All day? The all, truth I mean, is, all night? All it, night? The truth is, it depends on how hungry and excited and whatever you are. And depends on... And who it is, really, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's kind of... Absolutely. The, the uh, other fact of life... The other fact of life is, sometimes you meet somebody, and even though you may not be interested in having a discussion, it's very exciting, so... That's it. Works on you one know, level. What I find sad about all this is the fact that the, what I tried to do when I was writing Rockstar was show the guy who has had, you know, I mean, he laid his way across America, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it, you know, there's somebody you want to have conversation with. There's a woman you want to spend your life with, or maybe a month with, or a couple of months. Well, right. Yeah, one night the, stands in the end are not very satisfying. Yeah, but the truth of the matter well, is that a lot of these LA rock stars, these washed up LA rock stars, are pathetic to begin with. I mean, um, I, don't, I don't consider myself part of that ilk anyway. Mm -hmm. And their problems stem from something a lot deeper than uh, being in bands playing guitar. So I wonder, when you're in a uh, relationship that is supposedly monogamous, how those women feel about it. I want to know how Cher felt about it and how mm -hmm. Diana Ross felt about it when we come back. Back in a moment. I want to talk about how difficult it is to have a real relationship and be on the road. But first, you wanted to say... There's, uh, during the break, one of the uh, very intelligent members of your audience, young lady... <laughs> what? I'm being nice. I'm, I'm setting it up nicely. She was saying something like, uh, I can't imagine anybody uh, betting anybody down or whatever. And I asked her, who... Everybody's got their fantasy figure. Everybody's got somebody who they put on a pedestal and would love to spend the night together in... I mean, swinging from the chandeliers, anything. She, this, this young lady said, no, there's nobody I've ever imagined, nobody I could ever imagine Do you know myself. there are a lot of women who haven't? Do you know that they're not? You don't run into them, but they I are... don't. I don't know that. I don't believe it. You don't believe it? I believe it. when the lights go out and you're by yourself, every lady someplace has, oh, God, I wish I did it. You're shaking Whether your it's head, Prince why? Charming or Robert Redford or whoever. Prince Charming or Prince. He's Prince. right. Absolutely. I don't believe either that anybody in here doesn't think about somebody like when I was little I wanted to go out with Matt Dillon I wanted to go out with him too you know and, and the guys in the commercial I've thought about them you know it's just everybody does it nobody, everybody does it I absolutely I had fantasies from the time I was very little about Oprah you told me about yours oh yeah Jane <laughs> yeah Jane yeah Pam you wanted to say what yes I was just saying it's, it's absolutely true everyone has an ideal and, and uh, with us, we're raised with the media. So it's people on the screen or people in, in records. Absolutely. I, I, from eight years old, I went How do you maintain a real relationship, though? When you uh, were dating um, Cher, if I may be so personal, how, how did she, uh, she view all of this? I think... Uh, she whooped his butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important thing in any relationship, if it's a one-night stand or if you're really going into a relationship, is to be upfront and honest. And every woman out there is going, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And the very first thing, uh, if I'm going to get into a relationship, I sit the young lady down and say, look, I really care about you. I want to spend, I don't know how long this is going to go on, but let's try it. Here's everything you need to know about me. And I bring the books out and I say, here they are. Well, that must be really interesting, because with 2,000 women in 10 years, he must have a lot of books to bring up. Yeah. There must be a lot of medical history there. So, Jean, let me ask you this. Does that mean when you're in a relationship with one woman, you don't fool around on the road? 
I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. I understand. Yeah, you're so far over there. You wanted to say what? Yes. No, I just wanted to say that um, you don't position yourself all the time like that. We uh, went to a hotel where this rock group was staying. Which and group? Which one? No, I'm not going to say any names here. But the hotel was all open, and it was really nice, and you could watch and see everything that was going on. We weren't on the same floor with them, but we watched them primp, and they went to their little lounge area, and they got their women, actually two, you're right. And um, they went off in the other room. We two per person? No, two women for one man. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> just one man got two, though, and he took him off. The bodyguard took him. They didn't even talk to her on the way there. They went in there. They spent 20 minutes in, and then they knocked the girls out. So I don't know what happened. Knocked the but, girls out? Well, not physically knocked them out, but oh. the bodyguard took them and escorted them out of the hotel all the way down to the door. We, on the other hand, just watched on another floor, so... <laughs> 20 minutes you waited to see what was going to happen? No, we waited all night long just to watch them. <laughs> you wanted to say what? Yes, I'm just curious. Uh, Hi. Yeah. I'm just curious. When do you take the Polaroid pictures? <laughs> okay. Look, can I say this uh, on my defense? Because I know women out there are trying to. Uh, here, there's the guy. Kill him, kill him. That's the guy. <laughs> Look, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I've never been high in my life. I'm a good boy. Honest. Ask my mother. Now wait, a, now wait a minute Now I'm leading up to a thing When you tour for 10 to 12 months a year We've been doing this for 14 years or whatever There are You have to have ways of releasing tension And I'm not It's not a joke It's not a joke It's not a joke Some There have been a lot of casualties Drugs Booze Whatever We've survived I have at least And you have to do something to keep your mind busy And I took up photography as a hobby <laughs> Because, because the, um, the impression that people get, particularly from Kiss, I think maybe it was because of all of the, the makeup and so forth, was that you were Quaaludes. N not to mention the Never. fact that, that you You're, say that you, don't, you absolutely don't do it. The whole the show that we do and what we've always done could never be done by somebody in the condition of Gumby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're, we have a great time. We believe in living life to the fullest, but living life to the fullest doesn't mean killing yourself proving you're alive so you guys don't do drugs you if you guys don't do drugs and you know that you're not the norm because there's a lot well, i don't believe that I, I think this whole stereotype of what's norm and what's the you know what isn't the norm is really misleading we had a, a woman over here before saying about how a, a senator's wife would never do something like this everybody has these stereotypes <laughs> and role models that? and Somebody being that naive. You said a senator's wife. You don't know some senator's wives. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't some... you read Jackie's book? That's who's doing it. <laughs> you said it? She's... I, I said I found it hard to believe. Oh, sure. <laughs> hard to believe that a senator's wife would present herself to either of these gentlemen. I think, I, think it, I think it's important for your own well-being and your future that you search for a new role model. And why, why would you feel that when you know what the senators are doing? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if the senator is doing it, let the wife do it too. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of control. We'll be back in a moment. Back in a moment. Thank you. Stop. After all that, man. It would have been good. Barbara.
Water Queen is here with us in the audience, and you're a very famous groupie. You've you've done a lot. That's right. And you why? You just because you love music. I love the boys in the band. <laughs> I want to take a look at this clip so you can see what we're talking about here. You know, Barbara's kind of a legend. You you definitely want to know her. And I thought about it for a few minutes, and I thought, yeah, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, all, everybody, imagine all the people that have been here before me. I mean, I can't be the only guy not to meet her. She walked in, she went, right. Okay, I want uh, David, uh, I want him, I want him and him. Uh, Trisha, go ahead. Trisha went, I'll take the uh, horn section. And I'll take the, uh, who's the fat guy in the back? Yeah, I want you too. Yeah, you. So he has 2,000. Do you know how many you've had in the past? Oh, we're probably neck and neck. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. We've never, we've never met. No, I just shut my mouth. And so um, Jackie was saying earlier, so after you have all these, these men, then what? Is that all there is? No, they became friends of mine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a one-night stand. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to see each other grow, and they grow, grew famous, more famous than they were when I met them. Mm -hmm. But you started out looking for what, Barbara? Fun, mm -hmm. excitement, mm -hmm. good-looking men. Did you, you want, though, we were talking earlier about finally being able to settle down with somebody? No. You didn't? Mm -mm. So you knew marriage is what Jean was saying is absolutely out of the question. Oh, really, because, you know, well, if you fell in love, then you'd get married. But if you didn't, you know, keep him as a friend. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. okay. I want to ask, why do they call you the Butter Queen doll? Oh, you would ask me ah. something like that. Well, my answer to that is those who know, know, and those who don't wish they did. <laughs> and I you... want to know, was it salted or unsalted? <laughs> unsalted, slightly sweet. Oh. Uh, so when you wrote your, your book, I'm with the band, that's how you got backstage all the time, saying I'm By with saying the band? I'm with the band? Well, no, it wasn't very difficult for me. In the 60s and the early 70s, it was not as, as hard to get backstage as it is now. Yeah, it's, it's kind much of tougher. impossible now. Okay, yes. 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 I just wanted to speak on behalf of us women who are KISS fans who are not into sexually molesting or throwing our bodies at Gene or Paul. Why not? My, my, husband's here. <laughs> well, I, my husband's here with me, and, and he takes care of my sexual fantasies. But the one fantasy I have with Paul, and my husband knows it, is just a peck on the cheek and a handshake. And not all KISS fans are these sex-starved women, cool. and I think the audience needs to realize that. Anytime. <laughs> we'll be right back. about Rockstar today with the author of this uh, new book, Rockstar, Jackie Collins, and I'm reading about Bobby Mandela, who is one of the um, main characters in the book, and uh, it's on page 229, if you are reading along here. He did as she asked, plunging deep inside that elegant mouth, ready and waiting to taste and tease him with feathery jabs of her tongue <laughs> and a low animal groaning sound. I read that because... Um, Jean, you're very famous for the use of your tongue. Yeah. We, we only know each other socially. I, this is not... <laughs> Are we on 
the air when you read that whole Yes, track. yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's just a little part of the book. Yeah, I know. It's just a little part. Of yes, it. just Absolutely. a little little yeah. taste of what I read that because of the reference to the tongue and um, and and Jean's tongue. You know, he uses it a lot on stage. So, do you know how long your tongue is? I hear that it's usually it's longer than most. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's long enough to make you my very closest friend. When you wrote that, Jackie, what were you thinking about? You know something? When I wrote Rockstar, I was thinking about the fact that most rock stars like to create an image. They like to have that glamour, sexy, upfront image. But basically, they're all frightened of their mother. <laughs> They've all got the mom at home, and they want to impress the family. They've all, everybody's got a family, you know. And to create and go out and, and get that glamour image going is very important to them. So when I wrote Rockstar, I wanted to show every side of a rock star. I wanted to show what the groupie scene was like, what the business side was like, and, and what they wanted out of life in the end, and what happens to them. And the answer to that is what? What do you want out of life in the end, Paul? Um, just to keep on doing what I'm doing. And if my biggest problem is having cramps from smiling, I'm a lucky guy. Still afraid of your mom? I don't think that was my problem. I think my problem was I was breastfed too long. And so... Oh, this is a good group here today. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask, uh, if you were a male rock fan, you know, you go to these concerts and you, 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 you already stated that you like, you, you went, got into the rock business because you want to get the women. So you're a male rock fan. We go to this concert, we go home, all the beautiful girls are gone. You're with them. They're not what gone. Is, uh, the, uh, by your recognition that most of them are gone to your place. What are we supposed to do? I mean, wait outside the hotel. We like to hear our rock stars say, hey, I play this music because this is great. This is what I want to feel. Sometimes I don't feel, you know, I don't feel good about listening to some rock stars say, oh, I do this because I want to get laid. Every well, I, that's mm. valid. But, you know, at this point, we wouldn't be doing this for any other reason except we enjoy it. We've been doing this long enough that if, if it was a financial thing that we were doing, we would have quit a long time ago. We do this because it's great fun. To some people, being on the road 10 months a year would be a nightmare. To me, digging ditches would be a nightmare. You know, it, it's all a matter of which side of the fence you're on. I'm real happy doing this, and we do it because we love it. Back in a moment. is headed for a Japan tour where they'll have some um, Japanese delights I'm sure over there <laughs> the new, uh, their album that's out right now it's called Crazy Nights it's already gone platinum but you could buy some more and make it I don't know what comes after platinum double platinum double platinum, double platinum. okay <laughs> on its way Pla uh, Pamela's book is called I'm with the band and it's out this summer and paperback and Jackie's book is just out today so if you go to the bookstore today you can be one of the first millions in the country to have it it's called what we've been talking about today Rockstar you wanted to say Gene yeah, I think uh, people misunderstand groupies. If, if all the women, oh, and the guys too, if everybody were just honest with themselves for a second, when the lights go out and nobody's there, everybody's got their fantasy figure. If it's, a, if it's a figure from a book someplace or if it's a real person, everybody wants that one person. The only difference is that groupies do something about it, and you just fantasize about it. Okay. So there you have it. Tom, what do you think? 
Oh boy, there's a lot to unpack here. We'll get into it, but just at at first glance, what a snapshot of the '80s. And to me, what I took from this is it is a Oprah Winfrey interview. It's like it's like this should have been part of the exposed VHS because it's Paul and Gene in their exposed persona. Yes. The the one Excellent. line the, the one liners, the the little innuendo, the jokes, the tongue in cheek cheesiness and corniness, the cringe things. Uh we we're, we're gonna unpack all of it, but what what's what's your take on a lot of it? So let's talk first, like okay. the visual aspect of it. Oh, absolutely. We'll we'll we will okay. do that. So first of all, Oprah's in like hefty Oprah stage at this point. Ooh, you even cuter than your baby pitches. Ooh. <laughs> you're looking you're looking big. There's a rumor that Paul that Gene got the inspiration for the lyrics to spit after meeting yeah. Oprah. Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Anyways, and go then, ahead. Paul and Gene. Oh, I thought this was the non-makeup era. Go ahead. You go first. Gene has got so much rouge on and like his cheeks and the, the makeup they got on, like, but not good makeup. They got eighties, like poison makeup. It looks like the kind of makeup that you put on somebody. Like when you're getting ready to do like special effects. Yeah. Like when you're getting ready to like put something on them, like it looks like they're not, they didn't finish. Yeah. But, but the thing that stuck out to me was Paul in his Captain Crunch outfit. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? I know it's 1988. And not to mention, he looks all ragged. Like, trim your eyebrows and your hair and shave. He looks like a gorilla. He's a big fucking hairball. Oh, you call it that. I call it his Michael Jackson military garb jacket. That too, yes. Him and Michael Jackson shop at the same military store. What's with the fucking lapels and all the other fucking stupid shit going Settle on? Settle down, fucking Rhythm Nation here. But this is not <laughs> what we're doing right now. Yes. Um, Pamela looks pretty good there, huh? She's very cute with the redhead. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Nice little outfit. Um, Jackie Collins looks like she like walked out of her sister's dynasty, like Joan Collins dynasty set with the big shoulder things, the big hairdo and stuff. Quintessential eighties. Look, Joan Collins was 51 years old when this was recorded. I'm going to tell you right now, Jackie, I'm sorry, Jackie apps. In my opinion, you could say whatever you want about me. (laughs) She is fucking smoking hot in this interview. She is smoking hot. It's the it's the British accent. It's the fact that she writes filthy books, so you know she is a total freak. <laughs> oh, and she just looked fucking fantastic in that. Oh, I loved she it. Like all those older milfs, yes, soap operas that you watched and you were like, because your parents were watching, like, ooh, who's that on? dynasty exactly that you know oh you'd watch these like older when we were younger back then yeah like like damn i would get with this woman and you're like but she's wicked old she's like 40 yeah (laughs) 
But you were like, "Ooh, god damn!" I'm Holy watching. I'm, I'm watching that. I'm like, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna be 48 next month." This was recorded. She was 51. I'm like, "Fuck, I'm getting old because she's hot." Like, <laughs> like you're right. Like, like when we were like 18, be like, "Oh, look at that old lady." <laughs> like damn um yeah that's the other thing the other thing i would pick up is paul's body language absolutely correct what's up with him squirming to the right as nervous to be close he can't stand up and just be like shoulder to shoulder next to gene like he's like like slouching over like a little girl would in a family photo like she's like feels awkward next to like an older adult male like gene was a picture of confidence forget about what he said or anything he he was a he he knew exactly who he was and he's like i'm even what he said was full of confidence whether you think he's an asshole or not um a couple things that we can go off on that yeah this was gene the leader no fucking way would this ever go this way in an interview now no fucking way no gene paul was so nervous you could tell he let gene do it and he had his rehearsed lines about buffets and things he had it ready but it was gene was the leader gene was the star of kiss gene is the main guy yep Fuck no would he ever Allow that image to be portrayed Nowadays never Speaking of allowing images When you watch this Can you imagine Paul Gene would get a chuckle out of it Paul must just be mortified That that these videos like this exist out there Because this is not The Paul Stanley again it was It was 1988 it was friggin 33 years ago whatever the hell how long ago it was but you're right. This was all Gene. And I think that also has to do with the fact that obviously Gene is more confident. Gene is notorious for having all the sex, all the women's. We'll get into that, those details. But you're right. Paul, Paul was leaning over like he like he, he was like half out of the chair the entire time. Yeah. Now think about this. Not too far along later on around the revenge era. We already taped the episode we discussed in our previous episode, Saint and Sinner. Yep. Where Paul is just like mocking Gene. For this type of behavior, Regine is still doing the shtick. Yeah, but doing that stuff, and then Paul's like, "Yeah, well, any idiot can talk like this, dude. You are fine to play along and be like second in command, and just like hang on to Gene and tug on his jacket and let Gene like total be the spokesman for Kiss. Never in a million years would that happen. Now, well, and also too, we also did the episode on Kiss Confidential, and we were cringing about Paul's behavior during that too, because that was Revenge Era." Uh, kiss too, but this right here was was yeah. You could tell Paul was on un, was was uncomfortable, which is surprising. Uh, he, you know, but Gene was just balls out confidence. He knew exactly who he was and what he wanted to say, and he was prepared with those questions. We'll get into that because the audience they they came at them with with some good. And I I thought I got to give Oprah credit. I thought she took yeah. this interview seriously because the because the topic is about groupies. Yeah. And, and rock stars having sex with tons of women. I thought Oprah did a great job. I think she had a sense of humor. She handled it seriously when it were when it required it to be serious, and she had fun with it too. I thought I thought she did a good job. I think you hit the nail on the head, and you can see why other talk show people don't have that. They don't have it. Nope. She has it. Obviously, this isn't her world, like group sex and rock stars and stuff. But she handled it and smooth and had charm. Her like Gene was 
big time trying to flirt with her back and forth. Oh, and yeah. she would laugh with him like, yeah, okay, Gene. All yep. right. Like, and like roll her eyes and kind of laugh with him, but not insult him. No. Nope. And the same thing with his audience and make the int- conversation interesting. There's a, a huge skill set there. And not anybody could pull that off. Imagine Donahue trying to do this. Well, hold on a minute. Well, I was, well, I was thinking, I was thinking, I know that I know it wasn't the same topic, but just in terms of like somebody that's just out look at the way Mike Douglas interviewed Gene Simmons during yeah. that. Like just the stodgy old white dude who has like, he was clueless about anything, you know? Yeah, but he wasn't insulting either. No, 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 no. It's like, Asking him and going back and forth So yep. they were talking basically The episode was about groupies And it starts with jo- uh, Jackie Collins Talking about her book And then they bring out Gene and Paul And and uh, Pamela as well And then they start audience questions And they're talking about you know, At this time Gene is bragging about How many sex he's had Like 2000 in the last 10 years They were talking about um, Women, are they treating them like sex You know Everyone that watched this or just heard this, we've all heard this stuff before. Yep. Gene and Paul talking about women like this, and they have their cliches. And so here is some of the stuff that I remembered from the episode Paul saying. Imagine Paul hearing this now in someone interview. Paul Stanley, is it true that you said you when you go on tour, you just load up the bus with the best 30 looking ones? All right. Yeah. Didn't he say, didn't he say that? We just yeah. load up the bus, the best looking ones, the 30 best looking ones. Imagine that. And it, you kind of take it as it comes, so to speak. And then, and then that, that was actually a funny pot. And that's, that's right there when I'm like, okay, Oprah's cool as shit because she's like, so to speak. And then she kind of, and then she, yeah. then she kind of chuckled and the crowd chuckled. So they get it. They get it. Kind of like a buffet where everything is laid out and is there to be eaten if you want to. That's right. It, it's exposed. It's from exposed. It's like yeah. leftover quotes from exposed. When you jump from a plane, you should wear a parachute. That was awesome because they started talking about has the era changed with safety, safe sex and AIDS. And and he's like, well, you know, like you said, like everything he talks is in a little quip. Like it, like Gene was talking as an adult. Everybody heard the conversation. He heard the question. Of course. Like he was, he had, no matter what you said, he has that quip. Paul, he's going to throw that sentence in. But I love that. He's like, yeah, when you jump out of a plane, you should use a parachute. Be like, oh, God. Um, Gene, we wanted women and lots of them and their daughters. And then Jackie Collins goes, and their granddaughters. That was awesome. I've heard that song, Christine 16. I look right at your face. Didn't say that, but. And then Gene says, and women, it's like they scaled Mount Olympus. And then that's when Oprah was like, Mount Olympus, Gene, like settle down. Settle down Rouge wearing goofball Settle down Gene Klein Right now And then there are a couple interesting things that I found In some of the comments Okay Gene goes when I'm 16, 70 it's too late I'll be bored Dude you are that now I have that I have that written down too And I thought that was so amazing Because when he gave this interview in 1988 Did he ever think that in 2021 They'd be doing an end of the road tour And I think that's amazing that they are Yeah and the the sound of it Because they kept bragging about like you know You get into it for girls Yeah And yep. then you know at some point they did ask Like aren't you in it from like what, your music When I want to ask you And then he's like 
Well, no, we, we like music. We wouldn't be doing this. We don't really have a need to do this. We do this right. obviously because we like music. Paul Paul had a good one kind of near uh, near the conclusion or kind of near the end of the interview. Where he, he had a good line where he says, talking about, you know, washed up L.A. rock stars, a, a pathetic <laughs> washed up rock stars from L.A. are pathetic to begin with. They have problems that stem from something deeper. And I was like, dude. Talk about not having any self-reflection on your comments there. Who the fuck do you think you are with a statement like that? Where was that coming from? Because the, the exact quote was, the truth of the matter is that a yeah. lot of these L.A. rock stars, these washed up L.A. rock stars are pathetic to begin yep. with. Yep. I don't consider myself part of that ilk anyway. And there are problems stem from from something a lot deeper than being in bands with guitars. So what, I'm Paul, the, you think, you, you think you're different than you, th shit out you think you think you're different than like Vince Neil or Brett Michaels or you're them. You're one of them. Like who's washed up by that point. Fucking hair metal was like not even in its prime yet in 87, was like on top of the world at that yeah, time. It was pretty still much. going up. Like, yeah. That, who's the washed up LA band? Like I know kiss was still thinking there were like New York. Right. Who are you insulting? And why are you insulting them? But that's oh. the thing. Not only does he call them washed up, but he's like, yeah, problems stemming from something deeper. Now you're going to psychoanalyze these guys too on top of shitting on them? Like that right then, it, it, it speaks volumes about what we've said about Paul and about his, his, his ability to be introspective or, or judgmental or, you know, that whole psychoanalysis that he does of, of himself and others. Like he was doing it back then. Those LA bands that he just shit on, they all call Kiss their influence. Absolutely. All those LA bands. Yep. What the fuck are you doing? Yep. Who pissed them off? Maybe that's maybe that's the Guns N' Roses slash at shit that he was having problems right around that time. Could be because that was 88. That yeah, was 88. That's what that's probably where he was going with this. Because I'm like, who did he have a problem with? They were all on this tour with him. But Guns wasn't washed up in 1988. He's calling them that. I bet you that's who he's referring to. Could be. Could be. Right? Could be. That they have problems and stuff and things like that. But uh, let, can we can we get to one of my favorite non-Paul and Gene bits of this entire episode? Go ahead. When Oprah starts taking questions from the audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she takes a question from this woman who just open fires on Gene and Paul. But, pop singer. But the greatest quote ever and i literally burst out laughing she gets up there and starts talking about how she's in a she's she's into very into music she she's knows a scene she knows the scene with everybody. She, yeah. she's a bass player herself she's like you know she i find it really insulting maybe i want to talk to you because i want to talk about how you play the bass or how you got into music because i'm a big fan then she goes you know i spent two weeks on the road with my boyfriend he's a manager in a very successful band saxon <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking died when I heard that. That was, but, but kudos to her. She's like, you know, she's like, maybe I want to talk to you because I, I'm a big fan of your music. I'm a big fan of the instruments that you play, the songs that you write. Just because I come up to you, if I wear in a short mini skirt or if I'm wearing leather pants, it doesn't mean I want to sleep with you. And then all of a sudden, Paul and Gina are like, whoa. Nobody said that. Like nobody slow down. Nobody said that. Gene was Gene even used the word speechless because Oprah's like, how do you want to respond? He's like, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I'm speechless. And Paul's like, well, we never really said that. And she yeah. just kept going and going and going. 
Yeah, and the, but then Paul did throw out that comment. Well, you yeah. know, you are who you dress like that. We're going to perceive like. Imagine Dude, that's that. the opposite. Now I dare him to play someone to play that form in front of people. Now that you're being judged by how you're dressed, and so if you're dressed like that, then you're a slut and you're asking for it. I mean, that's, that's what he's basically saying. Yeah, because that was another line the woman said. She goes, "There's a difference between women and sluts." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" And then yeah. Pamela, and then poor Pamela. I think Pamela had a lot to offer, but I think Paul and Jean just kind of sucked a lot of the oxygen out of the room. Because she 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 didn't have a, enough to chime in. I thought I would have liked to have heard a little bit more from her because Oprah started bringing up the thing about you know you know these women being like devalued or being used. I think might have been the word. And Pamela was like, no no, that's not that's not how I felt. You know, I, I there was something in it for me too. I wanted to be close to these guys. I I knew how famous they were and how creative they were, and I wanted to be close to them. Um, and it was you know the argument about you know are these women being used if they already know what they're in for if they if they're choosing to sleep with these guys you know they're not being abused or sexually assaulted you know from what we know it's all consensual um yeah, exactly. but yeah so what's the issue like like i think paul and gene were just saying like we're having fun we're doing our thing they want what they want like some people talk about at the end of the of the show when they said gene you, you want you wanted to add something gene was basically saying you know a lot of people want to have these dreams to be with these people yeah, the the groupies the actual one who goes out and does it. So I think he's trying to give women inspiration. If you're a hot woman, you've ever thought about it? Yeah, just come sleep with me. I will sleep with you. I know, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It was yeah. crazy. And it's funny because at one point they were going over the numbers of Gene. He's like, oh, that'd be like two hundred a year. Yeah, it uh, would be. You know, two thousand ten years or whatever like that. And then they asked uh, Pamela and. Oh, Oprah says, Pamela, wouldn't that make you feel bad if you were one of 2000? She's like, no. She's like, well, I, I'm not one of them yet. yet. <laughs> that was awesome. I know. I love that. You know, Gene is like, mm. hmm. Got it. Yep. Yep. And there's a couple other hornier moments, too. Paul had yep. another great Paul had another great one where, again, part of his script, doctors lawyers like again with the doctors and the lawyers and the whole you know that whole scripted thing you know and senators too yeah oh, oh yeah they got into a whole thing about senators and senators wives and everything and so the other thing i wanted to mention is there were a couple times there that gene's horniness could not be contained oh totally there was one when one a woman was talking about something he like perked up and he's like oh and then when Jackie was reading a portion of her book about the tongue. Oh, yeah. He was like fucking like drooling on her right next to her. You could tell he was like, why don't you and me go discuss your book in my trailer? Like he definitely was all like horned up. You well, if you if it, it, radar go off, do, 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 do. Dude, anybody out there that knows anything about Jackie Collins's books, they were just all horned out like sex novels for like, you know, the middle America housewife to get for friggin' rocks off. That's what they, and Rockstar is a fictionalized version of, of what she really researched. And, you know, her characters were based yeah, and she on wrote a book about re- these guys. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's, um, another thing in here that they were showing clips and amongst the clips they were showing between commercial breaks, they had Vince Neal. Yes. Right. They had fellow Pantheon podcaster, Carmine Apice. That's right. Yep. Not Apice. Yep. And he was talking. And then Frank Zappa 
fellow Grecian, part Grecian, there you said go. something. Yeah. And then they cut back, and Oprah says, Paul, what do you have to say about that or something? Oh, I wasn't listening. I Dude, know. I'm, I'm like, I, why what? are you being like, why are you cutting on people? But there was, but I, for a minute, I was like, is he really not listening or is he just like dismissing the fact that th- that Frank Zappa's exactly. comment pretty much just shit on Paul? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Like, I think he was just trying to be like, who's that insignificant person? Yeah. Dude, I, I love you, Paul, but. Frank Zappa has way more critics loving him. I was just going to say, you and your pasta primavera are doing these. Weeks. I was just going to say, I might not be a fan of Frank Zappa, but I sure as shit respect his abilities and what he has brought to the world of music. And, yeah. what, you know, you can't just, ha ha, who's that guy? Because you wrote, you make me rock hard. Oh, pew. <laughs> oh. But then. <laughs> When she asked Gene about his tongue, how long is your tongue? When they were going over that clip oh, in, yeah. in the book, and he's like, uh, long enough to make you my very closest friend. I haven't that, heard that one. But you know what I love about that? I love the confidence and the humor that Gene's not afraid. And and, and I love that. Oh, and I love oh, and that's what I'm saying. I love Oprah's response. You know? Yeah. I'm used to like, well, the floor's dirty, you know, and shit like that. But then they bring in. The fucking butter queen, Barbara Cope. You know her story. Kind of, yeah. Did you see the tension between her and Pamela? I did. She asked him after, so why why don't you tell people why they call him? She goes, you would ask me that question. Why they call her that. I saw that. So, So Barbara Cope, the other famous groupie, was in the audience. Yep. And Oprah started asking her about it. And she's like, did you ever want to marry this? She's like, no. And she slept, and she's like, how much do you sleep with? And she's like, yeah, I'm right around that same area as Gene, like 2000. Yeah. And Gene is like looking at her like, make it 2001. Exactly. Yep. But the story goes, she used to carry around butter with her and use it as lubricant with all these rock stars. Dude, wouldn't you like get like major cholesterol because your flaps would <sighs> suck in all that butter? Dude, I'm th- I'm thinking of that Seinfeld episode where Kramer gets all the butter all over him, and Newman's like, "Oh, hey, buddy, hey, hey, hey buddy, buddy hey, with the chicken wing, hey, buddy, <laughs> the she butter used, queen." She, she was called the butter queen because she used to carry bucket, I mean, packets of butter or something, and stick them in her vagina for lubricant. Dude, that's. Come on, man. Come on. And she's like literally churning butter when you're banging that chick. It's like. (laughs) 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 like Old fucking from Plymouth Plantation. (laughs) But you're like. Costume reenactors it's like Little House on the Prairie. Hey, here's the Butter Queen over there. Let me tell you at Stonehill. Oh, we, we had to go on a field trip for our writing class with Professor McCarran. Philbo was in this group. Uh, yes. You, wait, is this when you went to Plymouth? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. So we're going to Plymouth Plantation. Yep. It's like senior year in college, and we're on a field trip there. Two buses. 
our bus, we brought a case of beer with us on our bus. Drinking <laughs> like we were on a fucking bus ride from the high school hockey. We're pounding beers. By the time we get to Plymouth Plantation, we're fucking in the bag. And we're walking around. And Philbo, oh. who this Matt Philbo, I don't know why he goes by Philbo. He makes his name Italian sound. Hey, Philbo. <laughs> well, anyways, he... He's like as Irish as fucking can be. And he was my roommate. And he used to stamp dollar bills with fucking like IRA shit. Remember oh, that God. stuff? Yes, I. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was like Mr. Fucking Ireland back then. Yep. Hey, what's going on here? Is there fucking uh, a Notre Dame game going on? Hey. He's got the yeah. deep voice. Like, hey, what's going on? And uh, IRA flag in his dorm room. fucking kid. Oh, yeah. He's still five foot two. Yep. <laughs> but he could fight. He was like the Notre Dame mascot. He was like a little friggin' fighting Irish guy. Oh, his temper. And he, I've seen him beat some, the bag out of some people. Yep. But regardless, we're in there and he's shit faced. We're all shit faced. Meanwhile, I shouldn't say all us two and the rest of the class. <laughs> everybody else is like, everybody else is like, this is interesting, Professor. Can you tell me more? And you and Phil are like, <laughs> <laughs> Professor McCarran, he used to call him, Phil will go, oh, the fucking rapist. I'm like, <laughs> Why do you call him the rapist? Why am I laughing at that? Because <laughs> he used to have a scratch mark on his neck. <laughs> he was a rapist. Some woman scratched him while she couldn't get him off. I'm like, dude, where the fuck did you come up with this scenario? The rapist. But anyways, so we're there. And because he's Mr. Ireland, all these reenactors are doing. Oh, no, no. And Philbo's like getting like confrontational with them. Oh, you fucking, uh, you limeys here. You fucking Brits. You fucking get out of here. And then one guy goes, guy goes, remember, oh, remember you must be one of these savages from the island. Huh? <laughs> you would have thought he fucking insulted his mom. Like it went from like playful thing into, dude, I'll fucking knock you out till fucking tomorrow and I'll fucking kick your fucking teeth down your throat. I don't give a fuck who's here. And I'm like, dude. Calm the fuck Philbo, down. Philbo is the only kid that could start a fight with a reenactor at a friggin' museum. <laughs> On a field trip in On the a middle field of trip. I mean, <laughs> oh. oh my god. And then other fucking reenactors started coming over and people were like pushing each other. And he's like, I'll fucking kill you to the guy. And like somehow we didn't get in trouble and we got he got pushed aside and we finished our rest of our trip. When we both passed out on the bus, and they're like, "Hey, hey, we're here! Get off!" I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh. get off me, you rapist!" <laughs> <laughs> One more thing about that class: we had a girl in that class, and her last name was <laughs> the typical. <laughs> you probably remember <laughs> Crapo. Oh shit! Of course, Upper, I remember Crapo. Crapo. <laughs> what is the first thing the professor says? First day. Hey, Miss Crapo. <laughs> this was our last semester, this senior year, and we're still laughing at the poor girl's name. Oh my god. Fucking Philbo. Hey, what's going on there, you oh fucking This is what happens. We go from butter to Philbo beating up somebody in Plymouth Plantation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it oh my fucking god i love it oh so back to this episode oh jesus uh, 
Yes, the butter butter queen. I keep thinking uh, of butter bean. Yeah, and and Jean sits up when she talks. He goes, "We've never met." Oh yeah, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, Gene. Who are horniest men? Him and him and fucking Sonny Pooney. Sonny Pooney will be on Oprah soon. Yeah, and that's when Pamela asked, like, oh, why don't you tell people where you got that name? And you, it's like, ah, you would ask me why I got that name. And she just kind of sat back. I'm like, yeah. ooh, ooh, there's tension there. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so they just finished up. They were talking some more stuff. And and you know what? I also A little small little tidbit. She's like, Pamela's book is now going to come out on paperback. Kiss is promoting their tour, their album. Was it Platinum? Goes, and we maybe sell some more, and maybe it'll go. What would it go next? They're like double platinum, and she's like, "And Jackie's book is coming out today, so if you yep. can pick one, good luck." Like this is Oprah; she's not giving everybody a crazy night CD, a free book, and free book from the other one. I don't think. I, I think this is the early days of Oprah. This is '88. I don't think she, that was that was. I don't think that was giveaway Oprah era. It wasn't. Everyone gets a free, new car. Plus, can you imagine those people looking under their seat? What the fuck is Crazy Nights? This album sucks. What? <laughs> crazy Nights. <laughs> what is bang, bang you? Not to mention, you saw those women in the audience. They're not, listening, they're not listening to when your walls come down, turned up. Did you see the one that was like, I'm not a slut, I'm not a thing, and I have a fantasy. My husband takes care of me, but I wanted to give Paul a hug and a kiss. And Gene... This was a very interesting Gene pushes, like gives a shrug to ball. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, like, a, like, orders Paul, like, go like ahead. permission. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Paul. Yeah. First of all, that woman, <laughs> I don't want to know anything about her. She her looks like, a, like would belong in a family of with a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in that audience looked like they were just fucking she's, horrified. She's a listener of ours. She's a huge Kiss fan and went there that thing. She is probably listening right now going, that was me, you asshole. That was me. I'm canceling my Patreon subscription now. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul gave me a reach around on the Oprah show and I filed a suit against him. Oh, God almighty. Now, Paul getting shrugged by Gene. Go ahead, do something. Yeah. Paul Look back and, and be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Don't ever tell me to do anything." It, well, it's 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 an amazing snapshot of the of the band of Paul and Gene that era eighty eight. Just, and I mean, look, w- we know that we played the audio for you during this, but you have to go and check out the video of it because it really adds a lot more when you see the body language and the facial expressions of everybody involved. It makes it that much better. Yeah, and you get to see a thin Vince Neil too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when they do when they do the little expert uh, excerpts. Speaking yeah, of Vince was- Neil, <laughs> he's not what you would call a fit person after all this time, and he can't sing either, based on what we just saw on YouTube. Oh, Yikes! Lord. But to me, all these flashback episodes are snapshot in time. Where was the band? What was the dynamic? What were their financial like? They were probably hurting for money at this point. The fucking the dynamic of Gene is the star. Gene is still the big one. Paul is still nervous and uncomfortable. Look at the way he was sitting throughout the whole episode. But also, too, look at they were so they were asked to be on Oprah, 
with Jackie Collins. So at the time, one of the biggest authors in the world, one of the biggest talk shows in the world. And the topic is groupies, which you're coming on to be, you're coming on this show almost as a cartoon character, a caricature of real life. And I think that's why Gene really embraced it. And I think Paul, we said it before, I think his body language was uncomfortable because I think he, maybe he was uncomfortable with being up on the stage with that being the topic where, where Gene was like, fuck yeah, bring it. I'll answer all your questions. I'm here for that. Paul was like totally taking Gene's lead. Oh, he yeah. wishes he could be as smooth, easy, and confident. He has his lines. He throws them in. He's the better looking of the two. You would have no idea. Even, even, that even one. Yeah. Even Paul's la- pretty much one of his last lines during the interview was, you know, if I, he said it before, Oh, if I die with a smile plastered on my face or whatever words he used, like he, yeah, he, he you know, again, everything was, was just a, a one liner, a quip. Yeah. But these shows, these videos are always fun to take break down, Absolutely. talk about the dynamic, talk about what's going on in the band. And this is no different. I, yep. I actually thoroughly enjoyed talking about this episode, Tom. Yeah, me too. And we're watching this clip, listening to the clip, watching the video. It was 40 minutes long or whatever. It, to me, it flew by. Cause I, I was, it was really entertaining. It was, it was, it was riveting shit. And I think Oprah's partic- participation and the audience participation added to it. I thought, I thought, I thought it was really good and anything from the eighties. Plus this isn't a video that I personally, I've never even seen, uh, I never knew it existed. So jumping into it, it was like, damn, this is, this is interesting. Probably something that they're not happy that we're talking about now and bringing it up. Yeah. I think Paul is extremely embarrassed by this. If he saw oh, this now, no doubt, no doubt. He, he would like try to completely deflect and try to, dismiss this or yep. I, was, I was being a character i'm not yep. that way and whatever um so tom what we usually do after like tv appearances we actually rank them go ahead we have ranked so far abc in concert mike douglas show paul lynn halloween special land of hype and glory mtv kiss unmasking and now we've got paul and gene on oprah do you have your list or do you need me to do it for you buddy you can read them off okay so tom your order is abc in concert land of hype and glory mike douglas paul lind halloween special mtv kiss unmasking where does paul and gene on oprah go well it's just the two of them uh, there's no music performance. I, I know the MTV unmasking didn't have music either, but, um, that has a little bit more cachet because of the iconic meaning of that. I, I, I was entertained by this, but I'm, I'm going to put this last. I liked it, but I'm going to put it last. All right. I have my order. Mike Douglas, Paul Lynn Halloween special, ABC in concert, MTV kiss unmasking. Last land of hype and glory. I'm going along with you. I'm putting this last. I actually like this. It was interesting. I did it too. was nice to watch them. Not so much like the conversations fast, but I like the playfulness of Gene and Oprah. I like the dynamic of how you can tell Gene's the leader and Paul is more submissive to him and like the puppy dog to, to Gene. 
it's a, it's quite interesting. Now, am I going to watch this over and over again and learn something? No, right. but I'm glad it was on our list of shows to watch, and uh, I actually enjoyed it. So it is my last. It is number six for me. Yep. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, and uh, any other final last comments, Tom, or thoughts. I just, I'm glad we found this because I didn't know it existed. And I think it's interesting because it, the thing I thought that was intriguing and interesting to me was that it was different, that it wasn't talking about the band. It wasn't talking about touring, recording. What's it like playing the bass? What's it like having, you know, Eric Carr in the band or whatever? It was, it was about groupies. It was about a separate side topic that we know that Kiss is known for. And I think that's what made it a little bit fascinating for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tom, what we do next is we uh, go to this. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeeShop.com. And for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeeShop.com. At ClickTeeShop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, and our question of the week comes from good friend of the show, longtime listener, lovely Lance Lumley. Hey, guys, wasn't sure if this was ever covered on your show, but we know what some of your favorite Kiss albums are, but what is your favorite Kiss music video? Not a VHS or DVD release, but an actual video. We've talked ad nauseum about what our overall favorite one is. I don't know if you want to comment on that or maybe talk about something different, but he's talking about like a music video, not, you know, kiss exposed or whatever. What do you think? I mean, you'd have to go with their first video, which is, I love it loud. Okay. Are you talking video or video clips? Video, like, like, like music video. Like, are you saying Shandy is the video clip? Are you saying that? uh, Yeah. It doesn't have to be a video that was on MTV. Okay. Just a, 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 something that they produced as a music video. So then for me, there's no doubt about it. My favorite of all time by them is sure. No, something exactly. Absolutely. No doubt. It's not even close. That is by far the greatest. Now there might be other, well, there's probably not a lot of other songs that are much better than that in terms of videos, but that to me is magic. That video. I, and we've talked about it before. Um, the I love it loud video, I will say, because that was going to be my other pick. That video is fantastic for many reasons because it has the band and the creatures of the night costumes, but it also has that story of the kid with his family, how they turn around at the end and their eyes are colored. Like those are the two that stick out for me. Yeah, there's others. I know I'm a big fan of the forever video. I think that is a very joyful and happy video. I love the smile on everybody's faces during that video. It makes me feel good. And it makes me feel sad because I know that it's pretty much the last time we saw Eric. So the forever video I love, but it classic kiss. It would be sure. No something. And I love it loud. Yeah, I, I would stick with that. I'm, and we never know. We might make an episode out of this. So I don't want to get into too much details. Yep. It was fun but, that that was also the addendum to his question. Maybe if maybe a future episode, perhaps we can absolutely. talk about that. So, yeah. but Lance, thank you, and thanks as always for being a friend of the show and interacting with us. Great question, buddy. Thank you, Tom. Where can people find us? 
Well, our email is probably the best place to uh, check us out. Send us an email at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. We read all of them. We might not read all of them on the air, but we read all of them. We discuss them. Uh, we read most of them on the air. Some of them we read privately, uh, but we do respond. So please, feedback, comments, episodes, ideas, criticisms, things you love, things you want to see, whatever, all that good stuff. And then, of course, all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or on all those, very active on all those. We have the great Shout It Out Loudcasters Facebook group, was, which is slowly approaching 3,000 members, I believe, which is insane. You guys are awesome. That's a great, fun place to be, sharing all kinds of stories and pictures and articles and just a, a nice, non-toxic place for KISS fans to hang out. And, of course, we mentioned earlier with the great Pamela DeBar, we're part of the Pantheon podcast group. Tons of great shows there. Uh, lots of great things on there for you to check out. And uh, we're one of them. We're proud of that. So, uh, and of course, our buddy Ed from Click T Shop, Click with a K. Uh, he's the one who designed our great logo and has some amazing Kiss inspired gear. So check him out. He's got some really awesome new uh, images, including one for Revenge, which I just ordered. Uh, and he's also got an album review crew shirt, uh, which he also designed that logo. So check him out too. Good friend of the show. Ed's our buddy. And lastly, we said it earlier in the show, and I'm going to re uh, reiterate the gratitude that we have towards our, all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, please check it out. Uh, you can go to patreon.com and search for us or check out the app, the Patreon app. Uh, we're uh, eternally grateful for all the people that are part of that uh, family right now. Uh, and we, we encourage you to check it out and be part of the family. So thank you for uh, all those who are currently part of the family and anybody that might show interest to become a future part as well. Yeah, Tom, I always like to reiterate the email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe and follow our YouTube, YouTube. page. Uh, that is growing and it's a lot of fun there. So we appreciate that. We love the feedback there. And we also like when you guys give us DMs on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Uh, accounts. If you guys get some, you have a message you want to send to us, you can always send us a direct message there. In addition, we'd like to start getting some of those uh, five star, star child reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can go on iTunes if you find it. We, I think we have a link to that on our uh, episode page. See if you guys can give us one of those five-star reviews. We always appreciate those. We all, certainly will read it on the air. And uh, it's a big help to us, and we appreciate it. If someone could uh, go out and do that for the next episode, we'll be happy to read it by the time we record next week. So much appreciated there. Uh, Tom, what we do next is we end on famous last words. You got any? Of course. And in honor of the groupie topic... The plaster's getting harder, and my love is perfection. A token of my love for her collection. Whoa. Here's a little song for everybody out there. Oh, man. A little song. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Everybody out there, guys, thank you so much. We love you guys so much for uh, making the show what it is and continuing to grow and expand the audience. Loudcasters, everybody out there. Zeus, of course, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Woo!
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 